You're listening to the Poster Boy Podcast. Our mission is to help young entrepreneurs in small town America start, grow, and manage 21st century businesses. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, this is Chad. Hey, and this is Drew. Today, we're going to talk about another quote. Chad, what's the quote for today? All right. Today's quote is by Jim Ron. If you are not willing to risk the usual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. You know, that's a great quote. And I'm sure as our listeners will hear today, we've got maybe a, a few perspectives about this quote. Chad, what's your perspective on this quote? You know, I really think that it's it's about challenging status quo. It's about going after the the less traveled path in life. It seems like there's it's richer that way. And I'm not talking about wealth. I'm talking about just substance in life, going after something more aspirational, more challenging, more unorthodox. And I'm, maybe we can talk a little bit about some biographies you've written in the past or you've, you've listened to in the past or read in the past. But I, I immediately think of people who have done extraordinary things. And as a byproduct, byproduct of it, they were able to live extraordinary lives but when the two mix, when what you do is extraordinary, to me, that speaks That speaks to me. That says something amazing. You look at the, the pioneers of the 18 and the 1900s who invented things like maybe little things like electricity or <laughs> computers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the small thing, these, yeah, these small things yeah. we call this, um, you know, those were scientists. Those were tinkerers. They were just, you know, curious about things. And uh, I, I, I can name a couple of extraordinary lives. Are there any from your perspective, Chad, that just stick out as extra extraordinary? Well, I've had the I've had the pleasure of meeting some pretty interesting people. And um, one of the one of the guys that actually owns part of our poster company, his name is Peter Foyo. And he was featured in the book, The Secret, The Hero Edition. And Peter has, he has a very interesting life, but he grew up in the Chicagoland area. And then he ended up building Nextel International in Mexico City. And he built it from from himself to 17,000 employees and being the, the number one performing stock on the NASDAQ for like two or three years in a row. Uh, he he really has done some extraordinary things and being able to be around that really takes me back to this quote. Like he was willing to risk it all. So he didn't have to settle for ordinary and it worked out because just of all the energy and efforts that he applied, but he was just, he was relentless and never gave up and ended up building something that you know, very few people could ever relate to. And even for me today, it's still very difficult sometimes talking with Peter because he, his advice is like, it's as if there are no obstacles, you know, that's just kind of how his, his advice comes. It's like, oh, well, you should just do this. And, you know, while it seems so easy, it it sounds so simple, right? But for him to start something out with, with the level of, network he's gotten and you know net worth he's been able to build like starting anything for him is very easy but for the rest of the world like all of us it's not that easy and it's a scary path sometimes to go down but he's quick to remind you if you follow the herd you will get the herd outcome 
that is a really good perspective too. Yeah, for from from where I'm sitting, and this is so not related to business whatsoever, but I've you know these quotes were said for many reasons. You look at those who leave who leave high school and you know college is often the obvious next step. It wasn't for me, isn't for many people. And necessarily they have to do something, right? They can settle and lay bricks, roof, work at AT&T, you know, retail side. And they can do any anything. But those people who say no, that's not what I want, but rather they travel the world. I've known many people who just, you know, they don't come from much, but they travel and they experience things and they live a very, a very interesting life because they didn't risk the usual. They didn't say, well, society said I had to do this, so I'm going to do this. No, they said, no, I'm not going to do this. Maybe it's a little bit of uh, counterculture. Maybe they just had that excitement. But what being at is that to build something extraordinary and to be something extraordinary, you have to have perspective. Um, you have to have, and this, you know, this is from just my, my unique situation. You have to know that there are extraordinary things out there to do and to be those, or to know that there are things out there that haven't yet been accomplished or challenges yet un, unmet. You know, I don't know. It's an interest, interesting perspective. What is your, what is your thought, Jed? You know, I spent the majority of my life being more than ordinary. You know, I grew up in a small town and had a very just normal small town life. And it wasn't until well, I while I did go to college, I didn't finish college, by the way. Um, but while I was in college, a professor of mine recommended reading the book, you know, now the the super famous book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And at that point was when I first realized that I was applying the, the lemming effect, right? I was just following the herd. And the, th the thing is, you know, when you go back to this quote and, and what it is, what I, can, what I can assure you is that when you take the, the ordinary path, your, la your life really, it has a, let's say it has a higher probability of lacking purpose. And you end up running through the motions. And I think that's probably one of the most dangerous parts of an existence is we, we live in a country that allows us to live for purpose. Whereas third world and some of the other, you know, the other places in the world that don't, their only purpose is survival. But we have an opportunity to live for purpose. But yet so many people don't take advantage of it just because of fear. The fear of failure, the fear of what will I do? You know, everyone will tell you that it's so funny how many times I've heard, well, you can't, you can't pay your, you can't pay this bill or that bill with, with hope or, you know, it's like, you're right. You can't, you know, but at the same time, what I wanted to say was if you have a job, you won't, you won't have purpose. And I can assure you of that. If you have an entry level job, like it's a fact, you, your life will lack purpose. You will be focused on other things that will constantly stress you out. Whereas what you want to do is align your stresses with your purpose. That so what you're saying is so counter counterintuitive, right? I mean, there's a, there's a reason they're called entry level jobs. Are we saying that people should not aspire to work at McDonald's for 
35 years if it's their first job? Or are we saying that you just have to recognize that if you have destiny or a golden life or some big idea, maybe it doesn't happen just yet. Maybe you don't know what your life calling is when you're 21 or 22. Maybe it doesn't happen until you're 37 or 53. But if you're just working a job, you have to recognize that you're 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 performing someone else's dream. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds kind of bad, but you're living someone else's dream. Yeah, but you know the world. But the world needs the world needs employees, and the world's the world needs leaders. It needs a mix of both, right? So if if we're thinking in this particular direction, do I think anyone aspires to work at McDonald's? No, but I think if you do start out and you enjoy it you should aspire to purchase a franchise of McDonald's, right? If, if, that's, if that's an objective. Like the real key for, for life in general is to maximize, to maximize our time, okay? So if you're going to work, you want to know that so many people, it's so hard to say, Drew, but going back, like I'm just thinking right now, all these conversations run through my head that I've had with so many people over the yeah. years, like, well, money's not important to me. It's like, I understand. And it doesn't have to be, but there are certain realities for the world in which you live. Okay. And one of the realities is that it takes money to purchase things. Unfortunately, we are not in a bartering system today, right? So while it may not be important to you, you have to place respect on it. Okay. And so to respect money, therefore means to respect your time, because if you don't care about money and all you care about is having a thousand bucks. Well, then the number one thing you should care about is the way to achieve $1,000 the fastest, right? So if you're working at McDonald's for, we're going to use $10 an hour to make it easy, after 100 hours, you will have received $1,000. Whereas, you know, for, for me, I, I, I'm probably a bad example, but let's just say you're, you're working somewhere and you make $20 an hour. Well, now you only need 50 hours to get the $1,000. Right. So you've been able to minimize the maximum to minimize your your input for the the ideal output, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I, I hope people recognize that out of all the episodes we've done and we will do, this is probably the episode where you either believe us or you don't, because this is very much so a we're, we're in the camp that if you're listening to this or if you've been told or forced to read the book, or if it was a gift, you probably have some nugget of of big idea or dream, right? And it's okay to have that big idea. It's okay to have that big dream, but you have to recognize that you are either someone who is doing something by taking a risk or you're going the safe route and you're, you're to Chad's point and you can elaborate on this more, you know, you're, you're living on credits that you earn for performing a labor and it's necessary and it's okay, but we're hoping that you're here because you want something more. And and so I, I, again, I say, this is probably one of those episodes, one of those conversations that is, it is a little uneasy and it is a little risky to sure. say these things. And something that, that comes to mind is if you're doing something unusual, you're going to get pushed back. There are people who are going to say that, you know, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. You won't do it. And I, I know Chad, you've brought this up many times in the past, to live that extraordinary life, you have to push through those naysayers and, you know, and to take it back to really more the the topic at hand, 
if you're going to go through a job, then maybe you're maybe right now you're just telling yourself that you're learning the lessons necessary to build something. But maybe that's a lie you're telling yourself. Well, you know, Drew, something else that I think we should touch on is that so many people talk about, especially the, the younger generation today, they care so much about their free time and what they get to do, right? They, they really place value on, I don't really know how to explain it or how to say it the right way, but just the experience that I've had with a bunch of the younger high school generation, early college people, they place so much value on their time off. And while I can appreciate that, my counter argument is to work on something that you love because then you could care less about the time off. Like for me, I am, I am more than okay working 12 to 14 hours every day because I consider it my time off. It's almost like my hobby Yep. because I enjoy it that much. Whereas some people love camping. I just happen to love business, specifically the business that I'm in. Right. And so if you, push and never settle and you find that then all of the sudden you've you've built a life that's not ordinary because you don't have the same problems that everyone else has so many people hate their lives they hate their careers they hate everything they're doing whereas for me i can't even relate to those people because every day of my life i thoroughly enjoy i look forward to waking up working is it's harder to get me to stop working than it is to get me to, to go to yeah. work, right? It's harder to get me to leave yeah. because, you know, and I knew that we had built a great culture years ago, Drew, when we, we had our, our design group here, they were, in, they were in the Chicagoland area. We had a huge team of designers and they would get off work at, let's say two o'clock, their shift ended. They wouldn't even leave until four, five, six o'clock at night because they were all hanging out and they would still help out. And th that was what was so amazing is we had built this community that people didn't want to leave. That was awesome. It's a very awesome experience when you can do that thing you love and you're really good at it, like mastering something you're really good at. Chad, I'll bring up something uh, briefly. You mentioned before that, you know, in America, in these Western civilizations and, and cultures with prosperity, that it's easy to look at other cultures and, and their entrepreneurship. But, you know, we live in, we live in a country where taking a risk actually has very low risk. We have bankruptcy laws where you're not going to be thrown into debtor's prison. We've got SaaS products that allow you to do GoFundMe, right? Where you can have people crowdsource your startup. Marketing is five, 10, $15 away. The risk of starting a business in this country and failing, especially in the onset where you're just getting started, it's so low. Um, Chad, you start off with a printer and did, what, how did you print that? Like on your mom's printer, FedEx Kinko's, like what is the risk? Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I printed Kinko's. Yeah, there was, a, yeah, absolutely. And, and Drew, something else you just touched on that I, I want to, I want, I want to share a quick story of mine and it's not business related, but it's a, it's a personal, it's, it's personal to help people understand what I mean but because I, I, I don't want anyone to take away that you can't be happy if you live in a third world country because your purpose is survival. However, I had a unique experience where I went with a, a company called Global Brigades to um, Honduras and we flew into Tegucigalpa and then we ended up going up into the mountains like three or four hours from the airport and it was in remote third world. And our job there was to build these things called pilas 
which were a place where they could use the bathroom. It was like a hole in the ground. You dig this 16 foot hole in the ground. And then there was a spot where they could wash dishes. And then this thing that we would, I guess, somewhat equivalent of a shower for us. Okay. And then we would also put concrete flooring in their, their houses. Right. And so when we were there, we went, I think the group I went with, there were 30 or 40 of us and they were, it was sponsored by, or it was through university of Illinois, Chicago. And there were a few other schools that met up and we all did this together. And every night we had these, these chat sessions. We get to spend all day with the locals and everyone in the, in the village would come and help on each house that we were doing. And so it was this, it was a village effort and it was a really cool and rewarding experience. But what ended up happening in the end was as we were getting ready to leave, I'll I'll never forget this. We were sitting around and all these people are like crying and they don't, they're like, I I would stay here forever and I don't want to go. And, you know, I always found it amazing because and I'm obviously I chimed in. I'm not shy or, or scared of confrontation. But the one thing that I pointed out to everyone was that the only reason you want to stay is because you have the option to leave. OK, like, yes, the people that we experienced in these countries were happy, but they also can provide less of an impact to the world and make less of a difference on humanity because of their situation. Right. They are happy because they have little stresses, but their stresses are very different. Very few people in this country or in the Western civilization ever consider where they're going, if they're going to eat today. Whereas for these people, if a crop ends up not producing, it could literally wipe out a village. And, you know, it's just important for people to understand that we we live in a spot where we don't have to think that way. Okay, and if anything, we should use the fruits of our labor that we earn here to make a difference in places like that. If that is something that you care that much about, you know, there's so many ways to get involved and to help the world out. And, you know, Drew, we both believe in giving and and doing as much as we can. But I just want to make sure that, you know, people realize I'm, I'm not knocking or saying you can't be happy in a third world. But what I'm getting at through all of this is that we have the we have the unique opportunity in in the history of humanity today to to live an extraordinary life whereas not every single person on earth was born equally because we were born in the united states and that alone is a gift whether you like this country or not it's a gift we live in a society where we can take risk you just described a situation where now someone who's on the fence about doing something amazing pretty much is out of excuses at this point. <laughs> you know, the 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 I can't or someone say, I mean some people people say things all the time. I mean, don't let don't let someone's negativity influence your life because you hopefully want to be something amazing and something extraordinary because what is the alternative to that? What is the alternative to being extraordinary? Um normal you know, me- mediocrity, complacency. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard the famous statement, Drew, that it's very, very rare in life that you regret things that you did? It's generally the things that you didn't do. I will tell you this: I have one of one of my I've so many close friends that are old. Okay, and when I say old, I mean older, like in their seventies, eighties, older. And then I had a friend; his name was Irv, who loved this guy dearly. He passed away at a hundred. And he was a, he ended up becoming a close friend of mine that I met in the restaurant world. 
And that was the advice that he always gave me. He goes, listen, Chad, like, okay, let's say you fail. Let's say you go after this business and you fail. What's the worst thing that happens? He's like, give me just absolute worst case scenario. And he goes, okay, so, you know, if if your worst case scenario is you damage your credit, you do this, you do that, right? All these little things. He goes, but now give me the best case scenario. What happens on the best case scenario? He goes, and now weigh your options. Are you willing to risk the fact that you can spend your winters in a warmer climate, that you can provide opportunities and employ large amounts of people and allow them to have a job that where it's like they have their own company and they're able to thrive, right? And you're able to build this, this entire infrastructure that can support and, and build and grow as if it's an, a human, like it's got hearts, it's got, it's, got, it's got a heart, it's got a brain, it's got lungs and kidneys. And, and that's what you're building is this basic living organism. And a lot of things happen without me. And that's the sign of my company is very much alive. And that is all, that is the potential outcome, right? So does what you fear, is it so great that you're not willing to risk the other side? But yet if you were to take that same risk versus reward scenario and you say, okay, we talk about a job and let's say we start out at, you know, I don't know what the number is, 30 grand a year, we come out of college. Okay. What is worst case scenario? Well, worst case scenario is that, you know, we always make 30 grand a year. Maybe we get fired down the road, right? But then, then the problem is it's not on the worst case scenario side because they're actually pretty similar as the if I'm shooting for entrepreneurship, right? The best case scenario is the problem. That's, that's, you have limited upside, but yet unlimited downside for, for, for the having a job option. But if you have the entrepreneurial side, you still have unlimited downside, but you also have unlimited upside, right? So if you really look at a risk versus reward, taking a job is much more risky because you can commit 20 years to your life. And if they decide to fire you, if you haven't, you know, saved adequately, if they didn't have some sort of profit sharing or you don't have some form of savings, well, you're screwed. And you've you've spent 20 years of your life that you could have spent. And trust me, if you spend 20 years building a business and you just solve one problem every month. I mean, look, let's be honest, that'll be 360 problems that you solved over 20 years. I can assure you you will be far better off and you have the ability to generate passive revenue versus having a job will not give you that. It will not. So I don't know. Hope that, hope that encourages someone out there. Like the downside's the same. It's the upside we're talking about. Yeah. And that being, having an extraordinary life, that's, that's amazing. I'll, I'll briefly tell you, I met a man once in a restaurant, you know, to, you know, the, the, the most interesting people you'll ever meet, I, I found you see in a restaurant. I, th- there was, there was a <laughs> server there. Um, he was a little older, like you described, you know, fifties, sixties. And I would just hang on every word he had his extraordinary life. He, he traveled to Scotland and, and did amazing things. He was in Iran, his, his stories, his travel, you know, you could tell that his life, he didn't the things he didn't do because he'd lived a life of things worth doing people, excuse me, you know, a a life of worth describing. And I, you know, to, to be clear, Chad and I aren't describing a quick, you know, a get rich quick scheme and, you know, pushing this concept of um, live the easy life on the beach with your toes in the sand. I think what 
from from my perspective, what I'm hearing is if you're going to do something, do something that's extraordinary. Don't just wait to become something that's, that's extraordinary. And the byproduct is, as in, in the analogy you described, Chad, you can spend 20 years of your life working at a company. All of a sudden, markets change. You downsized. You're out. Thanks for your service. Was that was that an extraordinary job? Perhaps, maybe it is. You know, if you're a scientist, if you're building spaceships at, at SpaceX, fine. You know, enjoy enjoy that. You know, like have that extraordinary life. But it's a challenge. Either be on one side, control your life, control what you do, and do and be something extraordinary. Or if you're gonna get a job, do something extraordinary, but don't settle for the usual. Well, Drew, I, I, before we go on to an action plan, I just I just want to point out, you know, I, I have a lot of older friends and as as do you and most people will have grandparents or things like that. And you have to remember the stories that we hang on, they're not the stories of mediocrity. They're the stories of when they took chances, when they did something extraordinary, when they did something great and worth telling. So I think the challengeable, the challenge, I guess, statement in this is to live a life that's worth talking about. That's really what it all comes down to is you have one, you know, as far as we're concerned, you get one life where you're cognitively aware. And so under that premise, make sure that it's worth telling when you're in the end. Yeah, start. Starting today, absolutely. The, the the earlier you start, the more stories you'll have whenever you're cooped yeah. up, you know, <laughs> and older in life and yeah. not mobile. So if someone's <laughs> going to start today, Chad, what's the action plan they should follow? What are we asking them to do right now? Uh, oh, man, this is a scary spot to give an action plan because there's a lot of factors that can influence someone's decisions. But I would say evaluate everything in life and, and try to determine, is there anything that you do or want to do that just sets your soul on fire. You know, I really I cannot express that enough. Working from a level that sets your soul on fire. And, and Drew, I want to make sure that we talk about, like when we, when we talk about being rich through entrepreneurship, it has very little to do with money. It has to do with purpose and the quality of our life. Like the fact that we get to work on things that matter every day or things that matter to us every day. And that's what it is. But so I would say that you'd want to really start evaluating your options, right? Ask yourself some serious questions about decisions that you've either made or that are upcoming. If you're young and in high school, maybe you're about to go to college. Maybe you have $20,000 set aside for it, right? Maybe you consider at that point holding off of college for one year and investing this $20,000 into a startup that you've considered to see if you could get it off the ground. Now, the good news about school is that you're never too old to go. but it does get more difficult to start a business because of personal responsibilities. As you get older, you might have kids or a house and you know other things that you have to take care of. And so while you're young is an opportune time to get going, get out there, take as many chances as you can, fail thousands of times and embrace it, be okay with it and realize that that's what will create the substance of your life are your failures. Very few people would would read, you know, would read my book if it was all about successes. My book is loaded with nothing but failures. All we did was solve them, you know, and keep failing and then keep solving and keep failing and keep solving. And as a result, we've been able to build, you know, a, a millions of dollars a year in revenue and, you know, 
over 130 people that work with us, offices in different countries, all because we fail. So you want to you want people to go out and, and for anyone out there listening, just remember, take a chance. It's okay. Like even if you fail, evaluate what is worst case scenario. You know, if you lose if you lose twenty thousand dollars attempting a startup, I can guarantee you one thing: it will suck. That's a fact, but that's not what I was talking about. the The thing that I can assure you of is that it will be the best story you've ever had, the best life education you've ever had, and you will be so much smarter the next time you get started. And you probably won't even need that much the next time, or you can probably either get it from investors or borrow it or something, right? But sorry, the the real goal, the real action plan is here that you have to start trying to live outside the box. It's obvious if you don't love your life today, if it doesn't set your soul on fire, then you need to get away from Einstein's um, definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, right? So the, the, best, the best line I can leave you with, and it was something that, that's worked for me personally, is that just remember when you're uncomfortable, it means you're growing. Oh, that is my... That is my favorite quote. I've heard that many times from people. And I always have to retell myself that. Chad, if I could add something to this action plan, it would be <clears throat> maybe a challenge statement. Look at look at that thing that you're considering as a passion, right? You're on the fence. You love, maybe you've even wrote, written down on your yellow legal pad. You've already written down those 10 things you like to do, the things you want out of life. What is something right now that you could cut from this and take that energy and add to something else that you're currently looking at and exploring? Because there's a level of intensity that you need to have, intensity that comes from passion or that is passion. So I, I would I would certainly suggest just consider what's that one thing you could give up and take all that energy and effort and apply it to, to that one thing that you're still on the fence about. I love it. I love it. Well, I tell you what, we're going to end today's uh, podcast with a quote by Joshua Marine, and it's that challenges are what make life interesting and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. And that's what we'll be discussing in our next podcast. This has been another episode of the Poster Boy Podcast brought to you by utproducts.com. Find and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at theposterboybook.com to grab your copy of the book.